Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Base Hit Ball for podcast. My name is Glenzie Negris, alongside Scott Roswald, Alex Cashman, and Tyler Blumenstick. Spring training is underway. It was the first official day of full squad reporting for four workouts. Pitches and catches reported last Wednesday, I believe, and we get spring training games starting this upcoming weekend. So it is officially baseball season. And the baseball season was rung in by a monster, monster, monster extension by one of the youngest and most exciting players, superstars in Major League Baseball. That's Fernando Tatis Jr. getting himself a 14-year, 340, I believe it is, $40 million contract extension. He is going to be a San Diego Padre through the 2034 season, I believe. So that infield is very expensive, especially the left side with Machado's $300 million plus contract of their of his own. So that's that's around almost a quarter, three quarters of a billion dollars just dedicated to the left side of your infield. But nonetheless, over the course of 14 years, that 340 million rounds to about rounds to about, you know, 23, 24 million dollars a year. I think we touched on it a little bit last week, but he had his press conference he had his press conference yesterday, um, said all the right things, and I, it's just really important that this guy is going to be a San Diego Padre for a long time. He's going to be one of those rare guys, like what we saw with Jeter for 20 years, that's going to stay in at the at the organization that he grew up with from the get-go. Two things. One, I just realized I forgot we were recording. I'm staring myself in the nose. I'm not picking my nose. I got a pimple, I think, and it really hurts. Two. <laughs> <laughs> what a great start. What a great start to the night. Two. Wait, Cash, I think somebody's um, Glenn, in your ceiling. Right. Somebody left some footprints behind you, I think. Oh, yeah. New new, new scenery down here. These are my handprints from when I was five years old. Can we see a comparison? Big hands there for a five-year-old. Jeez. Good job, Good job Cash. You're really growing up. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, two. Glenn, I agree with you. You're right. Back to baseball. Um, however... I don't think we can say, you know, um, right now that he's going to be another guy who's with his team forever because we've seen all too often that these guys forced away out of out of deals. You know, no contract is safe anymore. There's no such thing as loyalty in sports anymore. And like the days of Jeter and Mariano, kind of gone. Yeah, but. It is a. I'm pretty believe he has a no, full no trade clause. So um, well, that's my point. So now he could force his way to any team he wants. Yeah, if but like he wanted to get out. Yeah, if he it would be up to him. But I don't know. I I think he's he's there for the long haul, especially with Machado, um, and then the way that they're trending. Uh, Glenn mentioned they have like six hundred million dollars just on their left side of the infield. Total infield is getting paid like eight hundred million dollars with Hosmer's contract, and uh, the kid that they signed from Korea. Uh, hey, hey, Sung Kim uh, is apparently going to be a pretty good player. Um, but yeah, great contract for Tatis. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we talked about MLB the show cover. This guy's he's becoming the face of baseball. Um, and that that's fine. Like, it doesn't have to be Mike Trout. Like, he doesn't want it to be like let Fernando Tatis be the face of baseball, a guy from Latin America who can, you know, touch a lot more people. Like, it, it expands the game globally. Um, great signing for the Padres. The kid is phenomenal talent, um, and he's going to project to be that for a long time. Like we're 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 not even like 
at the peak yet. Like we're we're still trending upwards for this kid. I would echo everything that they just said. I mean, it's a great sign. You can't really go wrong. And like with the way that contracts are moving, where every guy is the next highest to get paid, locking a guy down for that long is just yeah, it's a great it's, move for the it's, Padres. It seems like a huge overpay now and an unnecessary way to spend the money when you still have him under a very team-friendly contract. But, like, you're going to see in 10, 15 years from now that that is ridiculously good when people are getting $50 million, $60 million a year, if it even gets there, which at this track rate, we will, which is pretty now, crazy. There's a lot of ripple effects that this contract can have for other franchises and other shortstops, specifically the shortstops next year that are free agents. But first off, before we get into that, I want to talk about the Padres for for a second because, you know, obviously the Padres, you know, in San Diego, it's not Los Angeles, it's not New York, it's not Boston, it's not Houston. So they don't really have the, I guess, financial wherewithal to, you know, make all these or what we or so we thought didn't have the financial wherewithal to make all these deals, but they have. And I think that the ripple effect now and I think that this is going to be a conversation that we could shelf for later in the episode because I know Garrett Cole today had some comments about, you know, using analytics and using service side to suppress salaries and stuff like that. The San Diego Padres are proving that a quote unquote small market team can make, can, if they want to, make significant financial, um, financial, I guess, commitments to very good players and superstar players. So I wonder if this becomes a scenario where, you know, other small market fan bases look at their team and say, hey, the Padres are doing it. Why can't you guys do it? So serious question. I'm not trying to be funny. What's the definition of a small market team? It has to be a really good question. That's a great question. So so the the, the reason I'm asking is Mm -hmm. because I feel like that term was used before. Mm -hmm social media before mlb.tv you know i could i could sit here and watch any game i want now right and every game's nationally televised i mean every team is nationally televised at some point or another sure the yankees are going to be nationally televised a hell of a lot more than the pirates but if i'm a pirates fan in new york or new jersey i could watch a pirates game you know with social media we know all the moves that the pittsburgh pirates make even though we don't live in pittsburgh so i think that the definite that the the term small market team is just a scapegoat to teams that don't want to spend money anymore. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I tweeted this out when the contract was announced for Tatis. I said, there's no such thing as a small market. There's just owners that just don't want to spend. That's kind of the, that's, that's, that's the hill that I'm trying to die on right now. Yeah. But in the generality, like the term, like small market is coming from like TV. Like what are your TV ratings doing? Like, I think that's kind of how they're, they're ranking it. I just looked it up real quick. San Diego is the 27th largest uh television market in the country uh yeah. behind behind pittsburgh uh behind st louis um behind cities like portland oregon sacramento cleveland like there's like san diego is like a a nice city like it, you would think it would be higher but um i think that's where the term comes from cash but i think glenn's absolutely right like in baseball there really is no there shouldn't be a small market team um and the Padres are, are laying that groundwork and make, setting up that blueprint blueprint uh, for the future for teams like the Pirates, like the Orioles, like the Royals, uh, Mariners. Like, invest in your young guys and then go out and make splashes like Machado. And like, you can do it. Like, there's no, there's, there shouldn't be anything holding these teams back. Um, but 
just uh, it's a it's a good thing for for the Padres to get him locked up and he's going to be here. Uh, Glenn, you did mention that he's a homegrown guy. He he kind of is because he yes, spent like, some time yeah, in the was, minors. He was, he was in the he White was, Sox organization. He was traded for James Shields, who absolutely mm-hmm. was garbage once he got traded there. And like we talk about the White Sox as being like a huge threat now. Imagine uh, if they had imagine, Tatis, imagine yeah. if they had Tatis along with Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson in that that team like that. Would be incredible. Were they? Would you have Anderson they, and Tatis? Were they contending that year? They went out and got Shields. The White Sox, I guess they were in the hunt. They went out and got Todd Frazier as well. Um, Great clubhouse guy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was one of those weird situations. Like I think they were like on the cusp, and they decided to buy, um, and clearly made a bad trade. And another one of the nuggets from this from the signing is the. It's the same year that the Mets contract with Bobby Bonilla is ending. So like that's amazing. Just so long out. And a guy like Bobby Bonilla, who's been out of the league since what, like 2000 something still going to be getting paid by the Mets. Um, yeah. I, I love the contract for, for Tatis. What, add the some color to this real quick. Go ahead. Since I just want to piggyback off the shields thing before we get too far away from it. Um, at the time I pulled up the article from 2016, June 4th, at the time that Shields was traded for Fernando Tatis Jr., he was two and seven with a four point three ERA in his second season with the Padres. I would love to know. That hurts, man. I would, hurts. I would love to know. Was Tatis? Yeah. Who was? What the, year was it? Who was the scout? Twenty sixteen. So Tatis yeah. had to be what eighteen years old or something like that. Even so, like man. Five like, years what, ago, dude, two and seven with a four point two eight. That's like the Yankees trading Dominguez because it's a similar age. Dominguez now for what, like Dylan Bundy or something? Well, like that? well that's I don't probably know. a pretty I mean, solid what, comparison. I don't know. Was Tatis that big of a? I don't. I that's uh, what I want to Ta- find out. I want to. Tatis I wasn't know even that big of a prospect at that point. So that's he, what I'm he just exploded in San Diego. So like the White Sox probably had no idea what was happening. Like what was the? Who was the scout that agreed to that trade that said, "Yeah, he, he he's comparable for James Shields two and seven. That's okay." You can't even say you don't know what you're getting with Fernando Tatis Jr. You look at the guy's birth certificate and you know what you're getting. <laughs> or you have a pretty decent idea. Like, I don't know. Like they had Tim He's Anderson. He's got the last name. Um, I, I guess, I don't know if they had like a shortstop clog where they would have never been able. But like even, even Tim Anderson at that time, was it like a, a, I think he was a higher rated prospect. Like, yeah. But when he first came into the big leagues, he wasn't this guy that he is now. Like he's another guy that. I mean, I developed. feel like. If I had to guess, and this is, I don't know anything about what the White Sox and Padres discuss, but if I had to guess, maybe it was a situation where the Padres asked for either or for, for, or, and the Mm -hmm. White Sox decided to get rid of the guy that was further away. That was probably what ended up happening. I don't know. It could be, but the, seems logical. The, the point of the point of the story. Well, did it go ahead? Didn't the Yankees do the same thing with the Cubs? When they traded Chapman, didn't they say it was Baez or Torres? I think it was Torres or Schwarber, and <laughs> and, and the and the Cubs chose to keep the guy that was already in, in the big leagues. I mean, in retrospect, it worked out. They won the World Series for both teams. Yeah, I guess they did. It worked out for both teams. But the, the the moral of the story for this is that you know Tatis now sets the bar for not, for not only young superstars, but more specifically the young superstar shortstops that are about to be free agents at the end of the year. And that goes for, for Lindor and Story and you know what's crazy? and Correa. 
not to harp on this because we already harped on this, but you know what's crazy is in like like Tyler said, in two or three years, this contract's gonna look like a steal. It already does at twenty whatever million dollars. Like, yeah, you gotta. I'm think pretty sure we, Ian Desmond is getting paid more to sit out. I swear to God, this year, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Because you think Lindor is probably he's not gonna get 14 years because he's a couple years older, but he's still in his 20s. He might get 11, 12 years. No. You yeah, why not? So? I would say more like seven or eight. He's 27. I think he'll get. I think he'll go 10 because Cano got 10, got 10 eh. at 30. That's a good point, yeah. actually. Uh, Lindor will get 10. So yeah, that like Lindor can still beat the annual average uh, salary pretty easily. Good point. And That's you know point. the Mets are probably killing themselves. That you know, it, Tatis got this contract, and now they're gonna pony up. You know, oh, the Mets are so screwed. Much more. Puts yeah. puts even more pressure on the Mets to get that that contract done. And the people who are thrilled about this are the Trevor Stories or the Lindors or the Correas or the Biases because they know that's the this is now the benchmark for what a shortstop's going to get and it's insane because I what was the previous benchmark for a shortstop who was the highest paid shortstop before this was it Tulo might have been Tulo really it's possible that's something to look up but you know end of the day um I, I think that this hurt this this means a lot okay. for specifically the Mets because they traded for Lindor and they still have yet to extend him. If they would have got the extension done almost immediately, it would have they would have had more leverage because they didn't have a Tatis extension already as the benchmark. So so coming into the year, uh, Xander Bogarts was the highest yeah. paid shortstop at twenty million, but I feel like Troy Tulitsky got more money, like at his point. Uh, but yeah. Xander Bogarts isn't – he's a good player, but he's definitely not the best shortstop in the league. Um, actually, it looks like Tula was right at $20 million as well. Uh, so I don't know exactly who the benchmark overall was, but going into the year, if if you're trying to beat out Xander Bogarts, like good job for Tatis because he's, he's a way better player. You guys got anything more? Got nothing. You got nothing more? So yeah, Tatis and you know the Padres obviously going for it. They uh they saw that you know the Dodgers matched everything they did with Bauer. Now the Padres really couldn't do much more after that because not a lot of people were still available for them to get. So they decided to lock up their own guy. So that's going to be a real fascinating rivalry. I think somebody on the Do- I don't know who on the Dodgers said it or somebody on MLB Network said, you know the 19 times they play this year, it's going to be like a World Series or a playoff game. And I think that I think that couldn't be more true. I think this is probably the most um fierce rivalry right now in baseball because you know the red sox have taken a step back we don't know what the rays are really going to be and then the yankees are going to be up there um until the mets challenge the braves i don't know cardinals cubs cubs are kind of taking a step back and cardinal the cubs are taking a little bit of a step back and the cardinals look like they're the only team that wants that division so i think the premier rivalry in baseball right now is the dodgers and the padres and you can make an argument that you know the padres might have the second best record in baseball by the end of the year and still have to sweat out a one game playoff. It's possible. I, I think that's absolutely fair. They probably the two best teams in baseball on paper right now. You never know what's going to happen, but they, they've done a really good job of, you know, loading up and saying, Hey Dodgers, here we come. Like it's, it's going to be fun to watch those two teams out West all year long, uh, go after it. And you know what? And, co- and then going into next year, the the Padres get Mike Clevenger back. Like, this is a, like a one year wonder thing. Like they're they're building something for for the long run here. Oh yeah, got nothing more. Let's 
let's move on to something that's not as good for the game like Tatis was. The Mariners president resigned either today or yesterday. I'm not I'm pretty it was two days ago. It was today. The comments so were two days ago. Comments were two days Basically, he was at this, I guess, club or some gathering of people, and he was caught on recording saying, I guess, disparaging things about players who don't speak English and about how he has to pay for interpreters. And he also said some things or bra- basically bragging about like keeping high prospects down because he wants to manipulate the service time. He said that, you know, top prospect for the Mariners, Kalenic, who they got from the Mets in the Edwin Diaz trade. He basically said that he would never get called up, I guess, last year because the service time he'd gain an extra year. And, you know, I, when, when I read this, I was, you know, first of all, Paul, because that's just a terrible, terrible thing to say, especially about the interpreters and players who, you know, come to this country, don't know how to speak the language. Now you're criticizing for them. That's just terrible. But the service time thing is also bad, but it's not something that's surprising because this is something that this is like the worst kept secret in baseball. This is what yeah. organizations do. And Garrett Cole came out today and said uh, he's someone who's part of the MLBPA, I guess, leadership. I guess group um, he basically said that you know this has been a problem that a lot of players have been talking about forever and how unfair it is that you know players that deserve to be on a major league roster get held out for weeks or months at a time remember the Chris Bryant thing years ago was a whole big controversy when he was getting held back by the Cubs for like I think it was like three days or something like that before they can bring him up because then you get an extra year of team control this is something that I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm not sure exactly how you fix it, but you know it's something that definitely needs to be addressed in the next CBA because a game that's been predicated, we just got done talking about Fred, Fernando Tatis Jr. We talk about these young kids all the time. We should be able to see them as soon as possible in the big leagues. And it's terrible that organizations not only do it to benefit them as an organization, but they also seem to brag about it and say, look at how smart we are. First We're of all, better. yeah. First of all, not every organization brags about it. This guy's obviously a scumbag. And now I don't know that for a fact, but what I do know is that I I can't imagine teams that are in the hunt, unlike the Mariners, who are willing to keep some of their better guys down and brag about it. Second of all, um, I don't think that this is something – I don't blame the clubs for this. I don't blame – you know, the Mariners for doing that. Obviously, like I said, he's a scumbag for, for bragging about it, but I don't blame them. I mean, a full year of extra, a full year of time. I mean, a full year of control. Um, That's on major league baseball for that role. Whoever's fault that is, that's on major league baseball, but you got to play the game. <clears throat> you got to play the long-term game because in the end of the day, if you sacrifice say three months for a full year, that's just bad management. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, Cash. You, you you can't blame them for doing it because every single team does it, uh, because it's in the rules. It's it's a terrible rule because it, it holds players back, uh, from when they're able to come up. Chris Bryant won his grievance against the league, against the Cubs for them doing it to him, which it's getting him into free agency. He's a free agent at the end of this year. Like, um, he would have had another year, um onto it but yeah like and at the end of the year like those are the times where you want to bring up your young guys especially if you're out of it like the mariners were last year like bring those guys up and see what you have um in them um for that 
a potential because like Kelnick is going to be there for a long time. Um, that Julio Rodriguez, another player that uh, was mentioned by that by the CEO, or president, whatever it was, um, he's going to be there for a long. Like they have a lot of guys uh, that are is this, in the pipeline. Is this only for drafted players? This rule? No, it's international free agents as well, like prospects. Right, so international and draft and draft, but like not if I went to a a tryout and the Yankees signed me, I don't have to. There's no service time for me, right? You do. You're no different yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, it's every every new pro like prospect, anybody that's not a big leaguer, your service time clock doesn't start ticking until you play in the big leagues. I see. And it's it's just the way that it is. Like it, it's a goofy system. Like no other. Like and it's just because baseball has all these minor league sports, like or minor league teams that their contracts operate differently. They don't like start take, like you don't get a big league contract until after arbitration. It's a weird system. Like every other sport, like your, your rookie deal starts and that's it. Like you're there, you're playing, like you're the guy, like, I don't know. It's just kind of how it is. It, it's a dumb rule. Garrett Cole says it's happening with a lot of clubs and it's not productive for anyone. They're not, they're not putting the best players on the field for people to see the, this guy is talking about players making him money. The product is the people he's talking poorly about. So yeah, he he continues. He says it's it's tiring. I think players are over it. If you haven't been awakened to that type of behavior, that's just what goes on. I don't know how to fix it. I just know I don't like it. So it, it as Scott said, and how Garrett Cole is kind of saying, it's kind of hard to fix this issue because I don't think there's a way around having a service time kind of rule. When, you know, baseball is really the only sport, you know, the NBA and NHL have a quote unquote minor league system, but it's not as like as advanced and complicated as baseball's because there's so many teams and there's so many different, there's so many players. So I, I don't know how that, I don't know how you fix it in a, in a rule or a law. It's just organizations just acting in good faith. And obviously the Mariners haven't for a number of years. Yeah. When was the first time like you guys ever heard about it? For me, it was Chris it Bryant. Was Chris Bryant, yeah, it was Chris like Bryant. The was first time like this became like a thing. Like I don't ever remember it being an issue before that. And I think it was just because Chris Bryant was so highly touted um, coming out of college. He was such a threat. So when he got to the Cubs, it was like, oh, he shouldn't shouldn't take him long to get there. And everyone knew how good he was going to be. Um, and now it's it's a yearly thing that we're talking about. Um, you know, certain guys going down to the minor leagues uh, for a couple weeks. Like the Braves did it to Acuna, I believe. They sent him down for like a couple weeks to get that extra year of service on. Um, I don't know. It, it's just kind of – it's dumb. It, and as Garrett Cole said, like no one really has a solution to it right now, but it, it kind of needs to get worked out. I have more of a problem with the fact that he said that his the team's best pitcher is boring, in quotes. I mean, I'm assuming it's Marco Gonzalez he's talking about because he is kind of boring. But like, he, he changed his Twitter bio to boring person or something like that. Interesting. Okay, that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> not boring. He's responsible for that. Like, don't sign a guy if you're expecting your ace to be exciting. Don't sign a guy you know is boring, quote unquote. I guess I don't know. Like. It's such a weird argument to make. The guy goes out and he pitches. You don't put any talent around him. He goes every day and he shoves. Like, 
above average pitcher. He's not like an ace of the league, but it's, I don't know. It's frustrating. He's just deflecting his own failures onto other people. And it's just messed up. I just yeah. can't be- complain that he, compl- I just can't believe he complained about having to pay interpreters. Yeah. That's, that, that's horrendous. That, that Wait, was, he uh, went that far. I thought he yeah. just complained that they weren't learning the language quick enough. No, nah, he said that, you know, it's an issue. We got to pay these interpreters because they're, they're allowed to request them and have them on staff. Um, and, and to bash them for that, like that, that was, that was really like the, the main crux of the, the issue. That just means he has no interest in speaking to any of his players, regardless of language barrier, because in, in a guy in his position, would you not want him to like speak to his players and at least have conversations with those players? Like saying you don't want to pay interpreters is saying, I don't care to speak to these people because obviously you can't understand them because of a language barrier. It's just, for, that's, I'm sure it's the same exact thing with people that speak English. I feel like this guy just doesn't care. This uh, Bleacher Report article says that Grant Bronson and Kate Purser, I'm not getting that right, of Lookout Landing, which is some website, provided a full transcript of the comments earlier this month, including him, uh, the Mariners president, complaining about paying $75,000 for an interpreter for pitcher Hishashi Irokuma. $75,000. Like, you're... $75,000? All right, I'm going to go download Rosetta Stone. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but like, how horrible is that? And, you know, the Mariners have been an organization. You know, they had Ichiro forever, right? They have, they have a lot of players that, you know, needed a, an interpreter. And a lot of teams do because a lot of these – a lot of talent comes from Asia and from Latin America. And for organizations to say we don't want to pay for an interpreter, how is that helping – these players that you're bringing in, how is that making them comfortable in a new setting and in a new country? It's just, it was just a terrible thing to say. Yeah. I think we don't really have to harp just, on this because it's kind of yeah, like it's, a it's just another piece. it's just another black eye for baseball in an offseason yeah. that's had you know quite a few of them. Ah, no, I don't agree with that. I would think it's a black eye for the Mariners, but we can go on after that. Well, I was reading an article before that said Depoto and uh, who's the owner? Uh, Nintendo. Oh, that. they're owned by Nintendo too, which is crazy. <laughs> That's a Japanese company. <laughs> are they still That's owned by Nintendo? Nice little oh, connection I there. I don't know, but I, I just had a, a brain blast. So. No, nah, John. No, nah, that's not it. Way to ruin my fun. Damn it, Scott. I think that they used to own them. The owners are okay. John Stanton is like the acting, the managing partner. They have like a bunch of yeah different people. Well, Scott uh, okay. Service isn't happy either. Nintendo owns 10% still cash. Bingo. It's not a bad stake. I mean, it's pretty bad for them, actually. Like, they're just pumping out Nintendo Switches and just losing 10% on the Mariners every freaking year. (laughs) Let's move on. Let's move on to on the field baseball because, you know, everyone's reported. Um, One injury for the Yankees, I can just say quickly Clark Schmidt is going to be out. He was going to battle for the five spot. Um, he's not, he has like a little bit of an elbow issue. It's not Tommy John. Um, not related. Yet. you know how the Yankees so, operate. Give it yeah, a week. That's a good point. Give it so, <laughs> as of now, it's not a Tommy John thing, but as you said, it always could be. Um, but you know, injuries are going to happen, especially in spring training. I know we, as Yankee fans, the three of us, me, Cash and Tyler are kind of just like numb. Like every time there's an injury, we're like, up oh, here we go again. But like injuries happen to every team in spring trainings so. though. Hope best case scenario, Clutchmith is only out a month and he'll be back by May or whatever. So Can we just, I want to dive into something super quick. It's kind of ahead. what we don't like doing, which is diving into baseless things. But 
I feel like Tommy John surgery could possibly be a manipulation tactic to push people further along in the process that you don't necessarily have a spot for right now. I think it's possible. We've seen so That's many a young wild guys. conspiracy theory. Holy it's either, shit. It's either uh, that or uh, Tom. No, it's either that or Tommy John is like a serious issue that you think or you running wait, rampant on, around. Hold the on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just get this straight. Are you saying that you think wow. organizations make players go under surgery, a serious surgery, mm-hmm. to manipulate their service time? Yeah, now that you put it that way, I'm going to rescind what I just said. Let's continue. <laughs> okay. I'm glad, uh, go, I'm glad we're there. I wasn't really making like a complete But I will say I in terms to of, say something I know in terms different. of Tommy John surgery, there has been instances where people or players just say, you know what, I'm probably going to get it anyway. So they get it out of the way. And, you know, the myth or I don't know if it's a, a founded myth or if it's real, but apparently you throw harder coming out of it. Your, Your arm is so, stronger. Yeah. You have stronger ligaments. So apparently, the original, especially the original younger... The Go original ahead. thought was that once you get it once, you don't need to get it again, but that's not the case anymore. No. There's been talking about the COVID vaccines. Um, no, we're not doing that today. Um, I thought <laughs> you were mine tired. on Friday. I thought, I thought you were tired. I thought you didn't want to. I told you fight. I was going to yell today to wake myself up. I'm getting mine on Friday. Just a little Oh, good for you. Point. I haven't you. got mine yet. My parents have. They get their second dose on Friday. Um, yeah. So, like, the oh, story. Maybe I'll see like, them there. Yeah. Mm-mm. I hope not because then you'll just talk bad about me the entire time. 1,000%. So, so, yeah, the story with Tommy John story is like kids in high school, kids in college will just get it. Hopefully they throw harder and then they don't need to get it. But that's been that's so fun. garbage. It is garbage. For the you same guys... reason that you just said, like you're going to go under surgery for the chance that you throw a little bit harder. You guys should go read The Arm uh, by Jeff Passan. It's a great book. It's all about Love Jeff Passan. All about Tommy John surgery. It, it's a really good book. Dream guest for this podcast would be Jeff Passan. I mean, I, my dream guess would be Derek Jeter. I mean, why are you shooting low? But I don't right. think Jeff Passan's not shooting low in comparison to Derek Jeter. Yeah, slide in the DMs, Glenn. See what Glenn, happens. You could have threw out Glaber Torres. That's still shooting higher than Jeff Passan. And Jeff Passan's respected. I think but you guys now are he's mad now he's never going to come on the show because you guys have disrespected. He will never. I'm not disrespect. Someone, <laughs> someone who's not going to come on the show is Marcus Stroman because I am blocked on Twitter. So am I. How'd you get blocked? I don't know. That's the whole well, issue with the Marcus Stroman and blocking blocked. people. It's like so, a big issue. You know what's crazy? In all seriousness, if he blocked you guys, uh-huh. and it's not like you guys have such a huge following where things blew up, especially Glenn, I feel like... I think I have more followers than Tyler. But... <laughs> I'm checking this because no, if maybe, so, I'm leaving the not, call. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. I don't really have My that point... many followers at all. I have 343. Oh, Glenn... he has one more follower than me. Glenn... <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But Glenn does have a tweet that got 521 retweets and over almost 2,000 likes. Yeah, but it I've wasn't never a baseball-related tweet. But Purely still, organic. Stuff. I went viral once, but never, nevertheless, that's not my point. My point is that if, if Strowman saw your guys' tweets and blocked you, that means he's reading his tweets. So Marcus Strowman, I would love – and we're gonna, I want to tweet this at him, Ty, so make sure you get this clip. Strowman, we got it. Trust me. Strowman, I think that you should come on our show. I, I didn't say anything your, wrong. Defend your honor against these two. So I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll say what I said. I because Strowman, he was asked about how excited he is to be a Met. And then he just talked about the Yankees the entire time. All I said was, it seems like he wants to be a Yankee really bad or that the Yankees live run free in his head, which is not wrong because he always seems I to feel talk like he's Yankees. on this fake revenge tour, like that. He just built up in his own head where he's like, 
He's like, screw everybody else. Like, I'm just going to go. And like, but nobody really has a problem with Marcus Stroman. Like, aside from the fact that he creates a problem in the public for himself, I think. Marcus, like, we need you to defend yourself on this show. All right. Dane Cash. Like everyone likes Mark. Should like I Marcus. Think Cash I don't have an issue with the guy. Yeah. I just don't understand why he like goes out with this whole underdog mentality. When, I think like, a couple of years ago not. at the deadline, the Yankees didn't make a move. And Cashman was would said something like, I don't think anyone available would have been that much of an upgrade over what we already have. And Stroman, he never said Stroman by name, but Stroman got traded to the Mets that same deadline. So I think he took that and he made it personal. But like, I really two, thought you were talking about years. me for a second. I was very confused. No, not you, like Brian <laughs> that, Cashman. I was very confused. No, but like nobody, nobody on the nobody in the Yankees organization, nobody their fans, none of their nobody cares about Mark. If he Stroman. wants to keep that in his own head and he wants to like have this little revenge tour against the Yankees, like go ahead, like go crazy. Every time you go out, he's never like, wronged him though, but they just uh, didn't acquire it. Like they wronged him. Cause they didn't bring him in when like they had people that were obviously worse than him, which like which, I agree with Marcus Stroman which backs up my point that the Yankees live rent free in his head because he's offended that they didn't trade for him. I'm saying he should keep the rent in his head and not on Twitter. The, the, the Yankees live how rent free gonna, in everybody's how is it head. Handle the it's New not York just media? it's not just Marcus. It, it's everybody's head. The Yankees have won twenty seven World Series. They better live rent free in everybody's head. I don't know how he's gonna you know survive the New York media with the Mets actually having expectations for once. Like the, the second Marcus has a bad game and the Mets fans turn on him, it's over. He's gonna Marcus. He's gonna, we need you here, man. Defend yourself control. against this idiot. No, he's not I gonna I'm see not. this. If I retweet it, he's not gonna see it already. He's gonna <laughs> block it. He's gonna block. <laughs> he didn't block me. He's gonna block. But he you don't retweet the show, anyways, Cash. Yes, I do. Sometimes, selectively. Well, when I see it, I'm just saying, I saw spacey. an opportunity and I took it. I'm a wow. little spacey. I gotta be. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I'm a man. I'm forty. Did you say something to get blocked? <laughs> Did you get? Did you say something to get blocked by Stroman, or did you just wake no, up one morning? Like, and look I made a tweet about this entire situation. I'm gonna find it. He probably in the search bar has his name, and he said you said something. You know, you subtweeted him. Something yeah, weird. Less than, less than polite. Wait, if that's the case. That's after. absolutely hilarious. That Marcus Stroman searches himself on Twitter sure to does. look for hate. I would bet my life that he has Marcus I mean, Stroman in his like search history. Kevin Durant does. Oh yeah, Kevin Durant's definitely... a snake. So I mean, Strowman has a burner. He has a lot of things. Oh, I found the tweet. I, now I know from October twenty first. If the Yankees sign at Stroh, he'd be exactly the pitcher Sonny Gray was supposed to be in New York. That's like a compliment, That's a compliment and I got blocked Son- for it. Sonny, How thin of Gray, skin did you have? He, you didn't say if the Yankees get Strowman, he will become what Sonny Gray was in New York. You said supposed, and so he was. Sonny Gray he was, was supposed, supposed to be good. To be good. That's what I'm saying. He just I just like, don't think I don't think I don't think reading comprehension just is his. No, he just wants that. to be angry. He just yeah, he just he, wants to be angry. It's selective. He thinks reading like he's this Michael. He thinks he's like this Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant guy when he's decent at least. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like yeah, he, he he's so. trying to take that Jordan mentality and uh, like you listen to him talk. He like he speaks like he has six Cy Youngs. He does. Hey, he he led Team USA to a World Baseball. Classic oh, title. Oh, how could and I that, forget? That's what, Cooperstown. That's when I really started to like Strowman because he was out there like carrying that team and pitching all the time. And I thought he was really cool for that. But yeah, really, he, he, he seems to have a problem with people for some reason. Yeah, well, best of luck to him. I don't. I have a, I have a little riddle for you guys. What all do right, Cash and Marcus Strowman both have in common? 
I don't, I don't, me? Cash? We both have Glenn blocked on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not blocked by Twitter by Cash. <laughs> He's not blocked on Twitter. Just muted. I'm muted? <laughs> you knew that, though. How long have I been muted? I thought you unmuted me. I thought I told you to unmute me, and you did. Uh, All right, you know what? I think I, I did. When, when we're done recording, you have to unmute me, and I need verification that you have. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. Speaking, I can't. speaking of Major League Baseball players being sensitive, there's a Twitter fight between Trevor Bauer and Noah Syndergaard over the weekend, which I thought was ridiculous. So basically, oh Noah Syndergaard, who has a very amazing. good Twitter account. He's very funny. I will give him that. Um, See ya. We lost Glenn. What's going on here? Did anybody have – do we have an understudy for the host? <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> We lost you there, Glenn, for a second. So we're still know. going though. Oh, so I'm back. What are we doing? All right, good. So Syndergaard tweeted a picture of himself laughing, and he, the quote was the the caption was when he decides to go to another team but donates to your charities, and just like him laughing. And Bauer took offense to that, and so did his agent Rachel Luba. They're both very sensitive people, I guess. Um, I didn't think that was like offensive, and then Trevor Bauer took it and he brought it to another level, tweeting like, "Oh, you never make mistakes," and then finding screenshots of. Noah like going back and forth with fans and talking about like their wives and stuff. Um, I think it's I think the Mets caught a break with Bauer because I don't think he would have handled New York well. I think he's getting exactly what he wants. He I don't think he's sensitive in the slightest. I mean, maybe he is a little sensitive. I think these interactions on Twitter are exactly what is going on behind closed doors in these conference meetings. Like there he has a whole social media team behind him. How many players truly have that? Like. Any publicity is good publicity. They they want this to happen. Is that's just my take on it. I don't know. I would agree that he's is a little bit um got a little bit of soft skin, I would say, but I think he could handle New York. I think New York would be exactly what he wanted. I mean, maybe not exactly because he didn't choose them, but like second huh. choice, obviously. Like he I don't, I don't know final about that. I think if, if Bauer's ERA reverts back to his career ERA and he was in New York and he was still like vlogging and making all these stupid little videos, I think we the New York media and the New York fan base would eat him alive. Yeah, but if we know anything about Trevor Bowers, that he doesn't really care what the media says. He's creating his own media to spite the people that are talking bad about him. So, like, whether he's having a down year, he knows exactly why he's having a down year. One, because of the analytics. Two, because he's Trevor Bauer. So, like, he's going to have – he's has his whole thing going for him. I don't know. I think Trevor Bauer is very happy with where Trevor Bauer is at the moment. I think he went exactly where he planned on going the entire time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought it was all silly. Like neither of them are as good as they think they are. Syndergaard can't stay healthy. Bauer's career isn't, you know, what he's getting paid. Um, I thought it was just a whole silly situation. And, you know, they 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 did what they wanted and they're gonna do what they want because they can. That's that's a good point. I think I guess Cash said is right. Any publicity is good publicity, and we were talking about baseball in, during spring training when, you know, there was no news going on at the moment. So um, Bauer versus Syndergaard. I do hope by the time the Dodgers go to the City Field and see the match that there's a lot of fans allowed in City Field because I think that'll be really interesting to see. Um, the reception that Bauer would get if he's on the mounted city field, because I, the Mets fans I've talked to and the Mets fans I've, I guess, observed on Twitter, they don't really care that 
Bauer donated to some New York charities, I think they're still very upset that he chose and kind of embarrassed the Mets in the process. He chose the Dodgers. So that'll be fun. Um, more Mets news. Tim Tebow's out, retired, finally. Um, I was, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I saw this and I was kind of relieved. I was never on board with the Tebow thing with baseball. I mean, live your life, do what you want, whatever makes you happy, pursue your dreams. I don't blame Tebow for getting into baseball. I blame the Mets for signing him. And every time he had an at-bat, it was taking away an at-bat from a kid who actually has potential and actually could have showed the organization something. So I was happy. Obviously, the Mets don't have a lot of that because they're not very good, meaning potential. I don't have a problem with what they did at all. They had no. and I I thought it was a PR stunt. They, well, that's exactly what it was. That's a, they I, don't think that's zero, good. I don't think that's a good way to run they a had baseball team. Zero intentions of bringing him to the big leagues. Then so why what did they do? Him? They sold so many minor league jerseys. Yeah. The minor Pickets. league team that had him sold out. But you're making a, a mockery of, of your organization then. Well, okay. The Mets are already a mockery. Make some money in but, the process. But I'm just speaking in the point of view of the Mets. If I ran the Mets, I wouldn't want my organization to be a mockery. I wouldn't add fuel to that fire. Why would I sign Tim Tebow? Because look at the, all of the money that it brought into that. How much money team. realistically do you think he, that he actually between Jersey sales and ticket sales? A lot. I'll tell you right now, if the miners, if we signed Tim Tebow, we would sell that's out every different, night though. That's different. Why? The Why? miners aren't worth billions and billions of dollars. No, you're right. The but the minor league team isn't either of the Mets. But they're affiliated with a team. Doesn't matter. Doesn't make it difference. does not matter. And the, it, the owner of the team does not is not uh well at the time wasn't the Wilpons. It's and it's independent owner. They own the players' rights, but it's not the team that they own. And it helped all those. That man made a lot of money too. because the Mets decided to sign Tim Tebow. But what then? But if, if what you said is true, then why are we? Why is he then going to big league spring trade? Like if it's not going to be a thing. mockery and a PR thing, and you, I'd rather see what kids can do in big leagues. It's the same reason Will Will Ferrell played for how many teams in one for, day? But that's, that's a one day thing. The Will Ferrell was a one day thing. Billy Crystal yeah, had a one at bat. Listen, but it's one at bat in one game, not over three years of you know constant you know at bats no. throughout no, the whole season. First of all, Tim Tebow is a freak of nature, so he could have been a good athlete. He could have been a good baseball player. The fact that he hadn't played baseball since his junior year of high school and was able was to do what dingers. he did was pretty is pretty impressive. The guy's an incredible athlete, and he's he's a great human being. And to back to the the thing about helping out the minor league team and selling to, like I remember when he first signed and he came to Lakewood and played the Lakewood Blue Claws. They sold out that entire series before they sold a ticket to any other game for that year. Like. He, he helped out all of those minor league teams. Wherever he went, it was passed. That's very true. That's like, absolutely true. He helped out a lot of teams, not just the Mets. He, he did nothing wrong. And, like, yeah, he wasn't great. He was older. But, like, he chased his dream. And, like, I think that was his whole point was, like, to get out to the message to people, like, chase your dreams. Do what you want to do. Like, if you want to go do – I don't know. If you want to go be a ballerina, Glenn, on the, you know – I would love New that. York. You should go do it. Like you should attempt to go do it. I like, want to be a Nick city dancer. Exactly. Like if that's what your dream is, like that, that's not, that was, that's not, that's not my problem though. That was his I, whole I told, point. I said that before I started talking about how, why I didn't like it. I said, yeah, it's great that he went out there and he followed his dream and all that. 
my problem with the Tim Tebow, I guess, experiment was that there's guys in the minor leagues that never get a chance. They get let, buried. Glenn, let me, let me say something, Glenn. There's a reason why 100 teams would just – or 40 teams would just cut because there are too many people in minor league baseball. So, yeah, there's a kid who lost out on an opportunity to play. And I think play. that's sad. Yeah, but, okay, okay, you got to just listen to this, though, because, like, you got to look at it from this angle, I feel like, because I feel like this is why war exists in a way. It's kind of the same concept where it's wins above replacement. It's not that he's taking an opportunity away, like, from a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. in AAA. He's taking the next spot of the guy that would be next up that they would sign that they have not signed, which I agree with. But, at the, like, I know where you're coming from, but at the same time, Tim Tebow performed in the minor leagues probably better than a lot of people that do get a chance that are what's 20, the highest level that, what's the highest level he got to double a double a right yeah, he, made it, a. he made it to triple a he got to triple a well now you're dealing with the prospects though that's but he's not dealing he's playing baseball like not many people can go hit above 200 like it's they call it the mendoza line for a reason because it's not a freaking good stat line but like to be able to hit over the Mendoza line in professional baseball at any level is really impressive. Like, yeah, but by the time you get to double and triple A, like that's reserved for like the big prospects that are actually going to potentially help your organization. He hit 273 in double A. It's pretty good, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But my point is, if, if the Mets were never going to ex- seriously consider bringing him up to the New York Mets, then there was no point. We move what on. this showed me is that Tim Tebow can, if he chose to go baseball instead of football, that he could have made the major leagues. If you're hitting 273 in double A after not playing baseball for 10, 15 years, that's crazy, man. Like, yeah. that's impressive. That's really impressive. Could have done it. But, you know, I, I, I get your point, Glenn, but they did it for the reasons that they did it. We don't know exactly what they were, but I, I, I tip my cap to Tim. I'm a, I'm a Tebow guy. Oh, no, sure, a, for sure. It was I, good for the sport. Yeah, I like <laughs> – I was in support of him. Like now he can continue to work for ESPN. And and that was another thing. He wasn't even doing, I guess, I wasn't he not doing full-time baseball. Wasn't he splitting his time between the SEC network and minor league baseball? No, I think he was, he was full-time. He was, no, he just Glenn's right on Saturdays. He, he uh, was an analyst. Okay. That's in or out. I don't, you know what? Good for him. Congrats on the minor league career. I hope Tebow blocks you on Twitter. I I hope he does too. Yeah, I hope everybody blocks me on Twitter. Everyone. You just said just, you were a fan. And, five and I hope. Ago. And I hope. I hope like I'm screaming on Twitter and nobody follows me and it's just me screaming into the abyss. That's my true goal in life, just for that to happen to me. Are you happy now, Cash? Yes, thank you. Okay, good. Um, I no, <laughs> I wanna I wanna clarify. I'm happy Tim Tebow. You know, tried it. I'm more critical of you know the Mets kind of aiding to what was a little bit of a circus at times. Is that fair or unfair? I, I agree with it from that perspective. Okay. 100%. I'm but glad. I would absolutely never blame Tim Tebow. No, I wish I can get yeah. a, I guess, you know, kind of a cameo. Well, would in you hit 273? Baseball. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What do you think my batting average would be in double A? Zero. 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 Yeah. Your on base percentage would be, would be like 0.1. <laughs> yeah, I get a walk out of it. Maybe you get hit by a pitch. Okay. Somebody would see your Twitter account and say, I'm going to Marcus Stroman will be in the minor leagues for a rehab assignment or for whatever reason, and he will hit me. And that will be my 
If it's at Somerset, can we go and heckle him with a base hit ball four sign? That'd be great. That would be amazing. Let's do it. Please heckle me. You guys heckle me already. Well, not you, Marcus. It, would, it, it wouldn't make a difference. Are you talking about Strowman or May? Well, I don't Strowman. think you're ever going to play for oh, Somerset, Glenn. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so not going to play in the Yankees organization. No, yeah. it's fine. Um, speaking of the Yankees organization, Aaron Judge spoke to the media today, and he has new teeth, and he looks fantastic. I think this is so a new great teeth. Move. This is big. This is bigger than people think because new teeth means newfound confidence. Newfound confidence means you're going to hit better. I'm mildly and he's separating himself from the Michael Strahan New York I, thing. I was like, just going to say he didn't want to be the second best gap tooth athlete in New York history. I think he looks great. I think he looks fantastic. I, I think it would have been cool to have year. to have his his Cooperstown. Uh, Monument well, with a gap tooth. I think that's a good idea. I think you know, that's a good. He point. could he could still go back and do it. You know what? What's he gonna do? Just get a piece of <laughs> uh, a pair of pliers and he spent so he probably spent so much money. It's a on plaque. It it's not like a. <laughs> well, Glenn, it's just braces. No, yeah, but that's he the definitely money. got veneers. There's no way he had put braces. Or what? On like, what is it season. called? Invisalign. There's no way his teeth are so pearly white. Come on, those are brand new. I don't. I'm not a dentist, so I don't know. Implants for sure. I've seen those on TikTok. Sorry, of people. Start contact in LA. Start contacting all the New York City dentists and. So you think he he has actually just new teeth? Hundred percent. I think it's new teeth. I I don't agree. Just look but at the color. Over. They're so white. And it's because the last time we saw him, the it. last time we saw him was October, and now it's what February. So what's that? Four or five months. Your teeth don't go from what it was to. What it is you now. only know of the one gap. The rest of his teeth could have been perfect. Dude, do you know how big that gap was? <laughs> it took me three years to straighten out my kind of not really that straight teeth when I was 13. I never had braces. I mean, you didn't miss out. Whippity really freaking do, Glenn. My flex in life. That's in the one. I, had, I had them for five years. Five years. I had them for 11 months. So exactly. The point is it takes a little bit longer with like normal braces to get. Oh, for sure. That'd be cool to see Aaron Judge jogging the bases in Yankee Stadium with braces on. Imagine he went that route. Watch him be in a veneers uh, infomercial, and there's all the guys in the comments like, you're getting new teeth, get in the batting cage. Come on, man. Ooh, I think he has a great opportunity to get some new endorsement deals with, like, toothpaste and other dental hygiene companies. I must say, toothpaste with charcoal in it, best decision you'll I heard that's actually bad for your teeth. No, the activated charcoal is too coarse for your teeth. But like the Crest and like Colgate charcoal, that's fine. Okay. I'm glad. We should ask Aaron next time we have him on. No, he doesn't get paid um, for it. He won't tell you anything. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about Aaron Judge on the field because, you know, his teeth are great. But like what would be even better is if he stayed on the field for the entire season. Now, he was asked about his contract and he said that there wasn't any contract negotiations over the course of this offseason because he's a couple years away from free agency still and the Yankees had other business to take care of, especially, you know, DJ LeMahieu and the starting rotation. We, we spoke about this before about Aaron Judge and we'll, st- we'll talk about it again for a second. Obviously, when fully healthy and had his best, he's top 10, top five player in the game. The problem is we don't see that a lot. How imperative is it that he has a full season, not only for the Yankees this season, their success on the field, but for his financial future in terms of his contract moving forward. He said he incorporated less lift weightlifting and more yoga. How, how important is this year for Aaron judge personally? I don't know that it's super important. Like for the reasons that you stated, I think, I mean, it's important for the Yankees. It's important for him to like 
be like, yeah, I can play a full season, but just kind of like for the mental aspect, I don't think it affects contracts much unless he really bombs it. Like he doesn't have to go off this year, but if he plays average, maybe a little above average, like he's still in line for what he is going to get. I don't know. Well, what, what is average for Aaron Judge? If he hits 30 and 275, like o- I feel over like how, how, over how many games? He plays a season, like maybe 145, 140. Okay. Yeah. That that's what I think he'll I think he'll run into a little bit more than 30 if he plays that many games. That's what I'm saying. I just called it an average season. I think he will do better, but like if he hits that, like that's like a down year for him. And maybe 275 is pretty like average with where he is, but let's say 250 and three home or 30 home runs. I think we haven't seen him have like a monster season since 2017, which is four years now. So I think he needs to have a big year for him to get that monster contract. Because if he doesn't, then the Yankees are going to say, "Hey, we love you, but you know, you gotta you gotta show us that you're the superstar that we thought you were." I think yeah. Scott agrees with me. Absolutely, it, it comes down to health for him. It, that's literally all it is. Because we saw 2017, he's healthy, 284 average, 52 bombs, 114 RBIs. Came in second in the MVP race. Cash can say whatever he wants about Jose Altuve cheating. Cheater. He's a cheater. He's a cheater. There you go. Now we got that out of the way. But then 2018 and 2019, it's been 278 average, 272 average, 27 home runs both years, 67 RBIs, 55 RBIs, 112 games and 102 games. Like mm-hmm. He just hasn't been out there enough. He needs to give at least 140. Yeah. he's And in 2017, he played 155. Like, that... That's great. Like if you're there for 155, that's awesome. If you're there for 140, like that's good. Like he just needs to be out on the field to earn his contract at this point. Because if he's not out there, like the Yankees can't consciously make a long-term investment to this guy if he's not going to be out on the field. Agreed. With that. However, they're going to give him the money anyway. Regardless. And, and they probably will, but it's it's going to look bad when he's not out there playing every single day when he should. Oh, I don't disagree. I'm just saying they're going to do it. So. I mean, they already they gave Severino a four-year extension two years ago. He's played five games since. They gave Aaron Hicks a seven-year extension. Aaron Hicks always gets hurt as well. That's a pretty play, uh, team-friendly deal, though. I'm yeah, not it's really only $10 million, but it's still a seven-year commitment nonetheless. Um, I, Somebody I, really didn't like that deal. I think if... What? Somebody didn't really like that deal and got a lot of blowback in the group chat for it. And now a lot of other people are flipping sides right now about the Aaron Hicks contract. Who didn't like it? Who didn't like it? Uh, Both of you asking who didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember not liking it. Did I say I didn't like it? Oh, yeah. Really? I don't remember. There's no chance. You said it was team friendly. You're like, this is great for us. Great for us. And I'm like, yeah, he doesn't play baseball. Like, he is hurt. No, that's what I, I said. I liked the contract. I didn't say I didn't like the contract. Why would you like paying a guy $70 million for not playing baseball? No, it my argument sense. was that it was only $10 million a year. Seven years that this guy is just a they can, there's no tr- there's a, They can just get rid of him. The Yankees can do that. Oh, yeah. They just get rid of the guy with yeah. two torn, uh, I don't even, what are, what are these right here? Solar plexes? Obliques? Hips? I don't know. Torn hips. Solar plexes. Muscles? I don't Forget it. Limbs. Head? Shoulder? Knees, knees and toes? Yeah. Knees and toes? We're about, we're about at like the toes of the episode at this point. Moral of the story is that Aaron Judge needs to have a big year this year, and he needs to stay healthy. And hopefully the yoga works, but you know, anything with the Yankees remains to be seen. And if Aaron Judge does get hurt, guys, 
there's a familiar face coming back that could slide in and take his place. I'll and leave that's right Bre- now. And that's Brett Gardner. And Brett Gardner has come back. He signed a one-year deal with a player option for his second year. It's so he- a guardy party, baby! He's never... <laughs> leaving um so one year deal player option for the second if he doesn't take how the much is the option, option. Also a team option i don't know i don't have that in front of me wait but so we moral, go through that again it, the, if there's a player option yeah for the second year if gardner says no yeah i don't want the player option the yankees then have a team option that kicks in that says no you will well, that makes no sense at all but they, that's what happened that's called a hostage situation Glenn. But, let's, but no if gardner <laughs> has a big year right and he wants more money he can decline it, thinking that he'll get a bigger deal. And then the Yankees are like, no, we're f- comfortable paying you what we agreed to last year. That's basically what it is. That's you know fair. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that makes um, sense. I didn't think of it that way. So Gardner's back. We talked last week. We opened up the show, I think, talking about Gardner not being back and how maybe that's better for the team because now they get to see what a Florial can do, what a Frazier can do. We can have Talkman be the fourth outfielder, but then not, all that goes out the window, probably except for Clint Frazier being the starter. We think he'll still be the starter. Um, Gardner, obviously, was the last remaining guy from 2009. Um, not the player he once was. Um, they brought in Bruce and Dietrich to what we thought was to compete for that. Your, your shaking is really distracting me, Cash. I'm sorry, I'm having a guardy party. Um, they brought in Dietrich and Bruce power off the bench, but that guy's jacked. Clearly they'd rather have this speedy slash hitter Gardner at this point of his career. So I guess initial reactions about Gardner never dying. Uh, At some point they got to move on. No, Uh, never. It's he's like the, uh, Wolf of wall street. I'm never leaving. I'm not leaving. (laughs) The FBI is going to have to come in here and drag me out of here. Like, is this the best course of action for the Yankees, though? Yes, probably. He's a great clubhouse guy. At four million dollars, it's the great. It's a great deal. But any more than that is no. I was. Exp- All right, we talked about this before, and I just want to put on record that I'm not a Brett Gardner hater. I do not want Brett Gardner shipped to the moon. I just do not want the Yankees to overpay for Brett Gardner, and I'm really happy with the situation. So you can't call me a fair-weathered Brett Gardner fan. No, you can call Glenn a fair-weathered Brett Gardner fan. Well, that you can call. Yeah, Yeah, I can't can't wait for the the first, like, Brett Gardner walk-off home run this year where Glenn goes crazy. I always get guardy party in all caps before I watch the home run, even if I'm watching live TV. Somehow Cash just is like there every time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, love every that time, guy. I don't get it. Every time Brett Garner hits a home run, I get a text from Cash. I love that guy. I love him. I'm so happy he's back. But I should get I should get his name tattooed on my forehead. Off the bench, though, don't do you think the Yankees would rather have, you know, the power of Bruce or Dietrich than Gardner? Obviously not. <laughs> what is Gardner's role going to be on this team? Just defensive replacement or injury insurance? Who are you going to take out of the lineup? If there's a bug on the top of the dugout, I have a guy for you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't what, what are you talking about? The the bat? Oh, okay. Bash in the bat. That the... looked really cool. I don't know if your guys' cameras are ordered the same way that mine are, but you'll see in the recording, Scott and Cash's like this were like lined up in sync. That was amazing. Nice, Scott. That was good. That was real good. Job. Um, I was making a point before it. What was it? Uh, oh. Not a fair weather guard. It was answering the, the, would you rather have the power off the bench? And my response to that would be, why would you take out power in your lineup for more power? Like everybody, 
Who who are you taking out? Like seriously, who does Jay Bruce have more power than than any of our starters? Good point. I'm Bam! Like, I feel like you want the versatility. Like you want that. You want the option to play that speed guy off the bench and boom, roasted. Want to be balanced? No, it wasn't a roast. That was just a. I'm just excited. That back. What do you think? Um, what do you think Clint Frazier feels at this moment? Thinking that it was he all tweeted. Be- he tweeted. Did he? I didn't see it. Yeah, he said, "I'm really happy you're back, but don't steal my turtleneck." What? Oh, that's nice. And, and he shouldn't be concerned whatsoever. Like he he should be confident enough to know that that job is his. It like, should be his. There's no reason for it not to be his. We would hope, enough. and you would hope that he shows up with the mindset of this is my job, mm-hmm. and he just takes it by the the horns, and you know. If Clinton were smart, he would lean on a guy like Brett Gardner and at least take something from him. I'm not saying morph into Brett Gardner 2.0, but like <laughs> he can help in the field. He could help with footwork, not necessarily maybe with the glove because they play with opposite hands and it's a different feel out there. But like, I don't know. It's this is cool. my mood after Gardner gets signed. Speaking of cool, look at the guy in the bottom left of your screen. Uh, I um, just winked, but you can't see that. A couple, one more Yankee news that I saw today that was interesting. Um, Boone said in a press conference that you know Stanton's not going to be a primary, primarily a DH. He does see a chance where he gets outfield time this season. I'm not sure that's the best way to go given Stanton's health, but I guess the more versatility, the better. And if I would he- argue that, Glenn, I, and I, I think that because. If you are DHing every day and your body's not used to playing the outfield, and then you do go play in the outfield because your team needs you, that's when you get hurt, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're on some sort of schedule where you're playing the outfield, you're working out in the outfield, you're you're you stay ready so you don't have to and get your ready. body gets used to it. Right. Stan's yeah. not that old. No, he's like thirty, I think. I don't think so. I'm gonna go with twenty eight, twenty nine. No, he's older than that. 31. 31. So, I told you he's over 30. Why don't you ever listen to (laughs) Um, me? No, I I don't know. I feel like the Yankees have, they have Frazier. It's going to be Judge, Hicks, Frazier. They have Gardner. We'll see if Talkman makes the team. We'll see if, you know, either Dietrich or Bruce make the roster. But it's going to be interesting to see if Boone, how he gets a rotation of getting everybody time in the outfield, uh, assuming everyone stays healthy. It'll definitely be a sight to see. I'll tell you it's that. It's a bold assumption, Cotton. Mm. Bold strategy, Cotton. That's the quote. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know what assuming does, Cash? Uh, yes, I do. I'm, okay. I'm known for that. You hate when people assume, even though you assume everything. <laughs> Scott, how are the Phillies doing? How's, how, how's everything going out in Philly land? I mean, outside of JT Romuto's broken thumb, um, Unbelievable. Things are things are doing pretty good. It's his throwing hand, so he's still able to catch bullpens and do like one-handed hitting drills. Um, but yeah, not said a- he'll be ready by opening day. How is that possible if he's not going to get live at bats yeah. in spring training? I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, not not ideal way to start is for him to break his thumb. But I'm ex- I'm excited about their overall depth. I still have my expectations low. I don't want to get hurt. I've been saying it the last couple of You get weeks. hurt all the time. I don't want to get hurt. I mean, it, it's my life living here, um, being a Philadelphia sports fan. Um, but I, I, I'm excited about the team. I think they've done a lot of good things. Bryce Harper came here, showed up today. He's ready to go. Showed up um, on time. 
he was actually a day late because of his COVID test came back late. It didn't, didn't want get, to be there. Nope. I don't think you wanted to be there. <laughs> nope. I don't think you wanted to be there. His, his COVID test did not get cleared through in time. Didn't want to um, be there. Didn't D- want to be there. Didi's not here yet because his visa hasn't been approved. They have a couple issues with that. But, but I'm excited. They play baseball on Sunday against the Detroit Tigers. Um, you know, it's here. It's it's time. Well, we know Scott bought a thesaurus and looked up everything that equaled that didn't want to be there. <laughs> Just we got our excuses ready. A moral of the story: nothing other than Rumuto, nothing crazy going on so far. No, not nothing's really happened. Uh, Scott Kingry lost 15 pounds. That's nice. Um, Scott Kingry was like a skinny dude to begin with. Uh, yeah, they, he dropped some weight. Um, I love that. I guess I don't know. Alec Bohm put on. 15 pounds oh, so they just swapped they got just... a little got a little stronger oh stronger um, okay you don't want people getting fat no he, he got stronger he filled out his frame he's a big six five guy um there's a lot of a lot of heat about a double herrera being oh, at no. camp um a lot of people aren't happy about it but they owe him ten and a half million dollars so it's kind of a situation where like they're gonna give him a shot to see if he can still play he hasn't played since 2019 so is the um, fan base not happy he's there or like actual people not happy? Fan base. I haven't heard okay. any players say we don't want him here. A lot of the players are saying he's got to, you know, earn our respect and our trust, but no one's saying we don't want him here. Wait, so. did I miss yeah, that? What, kind of, what happened? He's a, He had a domestic violence situation like uh, Domingo Herman. Yeah, and Domingo Herman's doing the similar thing because Zach Britton was basically like, you can't choose your teammates. And he had, and Herman addressed his teammates today he hasn't addressed the media yet so i didn't want to really talk about it until he did that but yeah that's something that is something you have to pay attention to in both camps yeah that seems to be the big storyline so far but you know i'm just excited it's baseball i didn't hear britain say that he said that about um um herman Herman? yeah yeah he was basically like you can't choose your teammates and stuff like that what a stupid thing to say. You watch who you defend right now, Mr. Cash. I'm not defending what Herman did. However, Chapman I respect did the, the same. hell out of what Zach Britton said. I don't disagree. But did he say the same thing about Chapman? Well, he wasn't asked about Chapman. I feel like that's unfair. Valid point. However, <laughs> I. Whatever. I don't think he would have said it if he wasn't asked the question first. And he answered it in probably the best way you could have answered it with towing the line between giving your opinion and still being a good teammate to everybody that it matters that you are a good teammate to in your eyes. Does that make sense? Fair. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, It's a tough thing to talk about, and it's an unfortunate thing that we have to deal with in our society. So I don't want to get too into it. I want to end this with Cash because Cash is very excited because there's a schedule for the Sussex County Miners. We so you want to talk about 93 that? 93 days away. From you get, are you going to give me credit for bringing it up today for you? Glenn, I do I do appreciate that. You're welcome. Maybe I'll unmute you now. Um, but yeah, we are 93 days away from opening day. Uh, I could not be more excited. I'm going back to the office on Monday and I cannot wait. Big things in store for the Sussex County Miners this year. Huge. Huge upgrades going to happen. Huge things going on in Sussex County. And Ooh. I actually cannot wait. Fans? They will be fans. Good. 
Good. I'm so glad. Like, will the game get played? I promise you it will. I've been there twice, still haven't seen a game. What do you mean? Has that happened? Rain? Wait, what was the second one? Well, why? I didn't go for a game one time, so I mean, that was my fault. I just kind of went to dress up in a costume, but I shouldn't really right. be revealing this right now. Right. Um, well, it doesn't matter. So, what are you point. dressed up as? What do you think? If I say, then it will ruin it for the kids, Glenn. Okay? Are you, are you the, were you the Pringles guy again? Like yes. In, like in college? Yes. 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 Um, you're, you're all Am good. Keep going. Okay. Anyway, um, yes, Tyler, I promise you there will be a game when you come. Okay, perfect. And uh, we have a very good roster being formed around our shortstop, Cito Culver. Friend of the show. Um, friend of the show. Um, we are very excited to get going, and I, I, I can't wait. It's going to be an awesome year. Good. I'm glad to hear that because I think we all need baseball back in our lives. I was watching Vanderbilt yesterday. They had a doubleheader. They have some arms out there. Oh, my God. They're going to have the number one and two picks of the draft in Kumar There's, Rocker. Uh, Jack Lighter, right? Jack Lighter and, and Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker. Okay, yeah. He throws heat, man. He, he Kumar Rocker is so good. He had an 18 strikeout no-hitter in the College World Series as a freshman. He is unbelievable. They are so fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, Jack Lighter, too, from New Jersey. Del College Bar- baseball doesn't get the love that it deserves. Compared to the other collegiate sports out there. Well, it just doesn't get the airtime. So. I know, but like you watch it and they hit a single and they're like all fired up and it's it's an exciting brand of baseball. That's why I love it. I, I love watching it for the energy. I've been watching college baseball too, actually. God, Florida had a tough loss against Miami. Yeah, they, they dropped two out of three and they, they walked a lot of batters as the number one team in the country going into the oh, weekend. I hate this uh, that. Not, my, great. Uh, Not great. My winner of the week. Walking a lot of batters sounds like Mammoth Club Baseball. Oh, absolutely. My winner of the week is the Coastal Carolina baseball team. They played a doubleheader. Ooh, tell me why. Uh, they played a doubleheader against Duke. I believe it was on Sunday. Yes, it was Sunday. Played a doubleheader against Duke. Uh, the first game of the doubleheader, they were down three runs in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, and they hit a walk-off grand slam, and it was awesome. So big shout-out to Coastal that. Carolina. It was very exciting. Um yeah, it was very cool. I've been to their campus. It's really nice. Beautiful campus. Yeah, it's nice very campus. nice there. Very nice. Tyler, you got anything for me before I uh, before I walk this off? No, I mean, I'm like kind of woken up now. I started yelling like halfway through the episode, so. But now I'm you got to edit this. That's, that's kind of I'm editing this right away, going to sleep, and getting up and doing it all again tomorrow. So let's have some fun. I want to I plug my um, my article that I wrote. You guys are going to be very excited to read it. I hope you guys do. I previewed the NL West and I'm going to preview all the divisions because it's six weeks till opening day, which means six divisions to preview. Nice. And it's a lot of work. Like it was easy to do the Dodgers and Padres, but getting into like the Diamondbacks and the Giants and the Rockies took a lot of research. So I'm sure that's something that I hope comes out tomorrow. We'll say. Cool. I'm excited. Before we go, I think we'd be, you know, remiss if we didn't mention Albert Pujols. And oh, yes. Oh, I I heard, I heard, um, I heard conflicting reports that he didn't decide. His his wife said he was retiring, and then they re- went back and said it's the last year of his final contract, but he's 42. Um, yeah. I think this is the end of the road for him, but all-time great. I would like it if the National League brought the DH back and he could finish out one more year next year in St. Louis as the DH. I think that would be awesome. We'll that see would be that. wild. That would we'll be see. cool. 
because the Cardinals should be good for the next couple of years, especially in a bad division. They got Arenado now. So yeah. one more run with St. Louis next year. Who knows? The greatest right-handed hitter of all time. Very great right-handed hitter. He's right up there. I mean, he's going to finish a tick short of 300 for his career at 299, but I, you never know. How much more does he need for 700? A home runs 38. 38. Uh, so he's probably going to fall short of that, but like, this I feel guy. like he should just give it a shot. Like if he can give, if he, if he can go twenty twenty the next two years, he's got it. You know, it's not yeah, that easy. I, I, for him. I know it's not easy. I know it's not. It's easy. not easy. For, but like when he first came into the league, man, he was incredible. His he rookie could, year, yeah. his rookie year, he hit three twenty nine with thirty seven bombs and a thirty hundred thirty RBIs. Like that's like some guy's peak, and that was his first year in the big leagues. Uh, and he gets a lot of flack for his his contract with the Angels, but he was still pretty productive, and he was there every day. Like mm-hmm. he he outside of last year, he only played under a hundred games once, and that total was ninety nine games in two thousand thirteen. Like he was there every single day, like ready to go. Like yeah, I remember I, that contract. Like they signed him and CJ Wilson at the same time, right from Texas, and. And they also had Josh Hamilton. And that was also the same time Trout was coming up. And, you know, you thought that this team was going to be very good. And other than 2014, which I think was his second year in Los Angeles, other than that, they really haven't been competitive. So it's it's sad to see. It's, you know, it, you remember the first half of his career in St. Louis, and he was, as Cash said, probably the best right-handed hitter we've ever seen. Um but, you know, people get people, not all great players age the same way. And he, you know, production dropped off a little bit when he went to Los Angeles. But that doesn't take away the count, the fact that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer that should get upwards of 90%. Yeah, he, he should be close to unanimous. He won't be, but he, he should be very, very close. And it's also nice to see, like, he played during the middle and end parts of the steroid era. He's a guy that stayed clean and still put up the power numbers that he did. Yeah, just an absolute monster. Every, everything he did was incredible. And he, he, you know, was just popular, never had any issues, beloved by St. Louis and I guess the Angels fans. Uh, he'll be missed. Do you think he's going to get his number retired as a Cardinal? Do you think he gets it as an Angel based on longevity? Possibly. They, just because of how iconic he is and like he's probably their biggest free agent signing ever so mm-hmm. i would say probably probably gets a, a retirement there as well um but that definitely goes in as a as a cardinal i hope he gives a definitive answer soon so he gets the farewell tour that he deserves because i think that he yeah. should be celebrated throughout baseball especially if there's fans i think that's important too i think fans should. that would be pretty cool so with that said that'll just about do it for this episode of base hit ball four Next week, we will deep, we'll dig deeper into spring training. We'll have some games to talk about. Um, so that'll be really fun. And we're looking forward to having um, the season ramp back up. And, you know, we're only six weeks away from opening day. So that's awesome. So for Tyler Blumenstick, Scott Roswald, Alex Cashman, my name is Glenn Daenerys. We will see you next week.